So today I want to just talk about what's the big dream, like why, why are we here, what are we, what are we all about? Now I just want to um, make sure that um, you're, you're clear that there's no big announcements in this big dream. It's not like, you know, uh, I was talking to Grace uh, before about winning Lotto, and no, she hasn't, and uh, as far as I know, no one else has, and no one's bought us a building, but if you want to announce that now, no, uh, try, still trying, okay, that's good, we'll talk about that in the series at some point, uh, that's all good. Um, so... So that, that, you know, we're not doing this kind of announcement about anything major today. It is just about, I think, who God's, you know, what God's doing in us and what, what I think we want to bless as God kind of works in us. Um, obviously, it would be epic to have a building one day, um, but we just got to trust in God and all of that, you know. Um, realistically, our giving probably needs to double uh, to, to pull that off at the moment. And, um, and I don't say that to, to manipulate anyone, I just, that's the reality. And so we'll crunch some numbers and try and work it out. And one day when we can afford a lease, it'll be epic and, you know, it'll be really cool to have our own space because we'll be able to do, whole, like, buildings are just an epic tool for mission. Like, you know, marriage courses and youth stuff and prayer meetings and, you know, mums and bubs things and what is just a million and one things. Buildings are just a tool to be used for the kingdom of God, but they're a really helpful tool, it turns out, uh, as we've discovered as we've moved up here and packed everything in. Yeah, blah, blah. Um, uh, the, the, but I do want to encourage you to be as generous as your Christian maturity can handle to our church. Um, the two things that fuel the church are passionate prayer and breathtaking generosity. Those are the things that, like, we can go as far as our prayers and our giving. That's just the reality. And so, again, um, I'm not saying that to, because this is a big subject, and a lot of, there's been a lot of manipulation in the church on some of this stuff. I'm well aware of that. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that, I, you know, we've got to, you've got to pay the bills. And, uh, and it would be really cool. You know, like the dream, every pastor's dream is that you have, like, you know, these moments where people just get so generous that you have to be like, all right, guys, we've raised enough, stop giving, you know. And it happened for the Israelites when they're giving to the temple. It's like people were like, okay, time out, like, you know. And it's every now and then there's these little rare moments every thousand years where that happens. And so, you know, Lord, you know, yeah, all right, whatever. Um, so, um, but, you know, one of the things is I uh, really don't want anyone giving under compulsions. God's desire is for joyful generosity. And so... Um, but, you know, just I'd love you to, to be praying about that because I think there's no more beautiful way to live than to be just passionate about the kingdom of God. And, um, and that's what we want to do is we want to build the kingdom of God in this church. And, uh, and that's always been God's way is that he's built the kingdom through the church as his body of Christ. But anyway, um, there's some stuff that's just been burning in my heart around what I believe God wants to do in us and through us. And so the framework that I want to use today, you've probably heard if you've done the big picture courses, this up in and out thing. Uh, and it's by this uh, very smart guy called Mike Breen, who was a very clever pastor from the UK originally. And this is the kind of dream that I feel like God's calling us to, is this whole thing of growing upward in our love for God. Uh, inward in our love for one another and outward in our love for a hurting and broken world. And so that is, um, that's the big dream, and I want to unpack that this morning. But if, in Ephesians 4, it says this, Speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. For him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. 
this is saying that for every one of us, there is going to be an ongoing journey to increasing maturity in Jesus. As those dimensions of our lives more and more reflect the way that Jesus lived in those dimensions, close to his Father, withdrawing to lonely places, doing life in community with others, and serving and loving and blessing and caring a hurting and broken world. So, that journey is just, we're all on that. And that's the journey, that's the big dream for this church is that we'll grow in maturity, with that we would uh, build it, ourselves up in his love for one another, for him and for the world around us. And that he will bring uh, that maturity. So here's the dream that for Bay Vineyard using that framework. Firstly, the upward component. The dream is that we would be, next slide, Cass. The dream is that we would be uh, uh, a bunch of people who love God passionately, that Jesus' love for us and the apex uh, of that love uh, is the cross uh, is called the passion of the Christ. And in view of his mercy, the dream is that we would also be passionate for Jesus and our, and our love for him. Now, some of us are more demonstrative than others because we've grown up and, you know, my mum got saved into a Pentecostal church, and she was a hippie. And so she got saved in this tiny little Pentecostal church in Wellington, and it's tambourines and tie-dye, and it's hang from that chandelier and shooty under, cooty under, until, you know, we pass out. Like, that's pretty much my... Now, some of you guys are from that, that stream, and I reckon that's awesome. We need you to... Because there's other of us that have more liturgical backgrounds, Anglican perhaps, like my uh, heritage, and, um, you know, and it's like, I have to tell myself sometimes, you know, if you're happy and you know it, tell your face, you know, because it's like, you know, <laughs> you know, I do love you, Jesus, and, you know, and it's a, uh, but I don't care what it looks like on the outside as long as increasingly your heart is burning for him. I honestly don't care. You can, you can shooty under, cooty under and hang from that chandelier, or you can stand there with your hands in your pockets as long as your heart is lifted to him and adoration. And that's the dream, is that we would be passionate for Jesus. And especially in our worship, we are a, we are a singing movement. The vineyards, we sing songs of love to Jesus. That's what we do, because we love him. In view of his mercy, in view of the cross, we love him. And so we, we use these songs, they're not worship themselves, they're a tool to help us express worship. So the songs aren't worship, it's our hearts that, that we use these songs to express our hearts to God of worship to him. And, and feel free to dial it up. Honestly, like, let's go for it because he's worthy of it. He's worthy. There's no one that's worthy of worship but Jesus. So go for it. Worship it with passion. And I'm passionate about sung worship because I became a Christian in sung worship. Like, we think it is a weird thing we do. Let's be honest. Like, you know, nowhere else in society are people getting together like this and la, 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 you know, and it's like, it just was weird, Right? <laughs> But there's something about, you know, the, the Celtic people talked about a thin place, like we're heaven and earth that felt like, the, the, like it was so thin. And the Bible says that God's drawn to, to worship. He's attracted to it. He's looking for people who worship him in spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and in truth, authentically, not trying to, not trying to the Pharisee thing of like, I'm a super Christian, la, 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 and inside I'm a dirty, mongrel, you know, horny wreck or whatever, and it's like, well, you know, well, great, you know, but actually, you can just be honest about God, about your stuff. That slipped in there, and some people, did she say that? <laughs> I did. So, you know, um, 
And we come to the table, right? But it's in truth. So I don't have to be perfect to worship God. And in fact, he wants me to be me with all of my brokenness. But I can still give him the glory and the worth that he deserves because he does deserve it. And it is weird, but I tell you what, when I can promise you, people that walk into our church, and that happens regularly, encounter the goodness of God as we lift up his name in the song together. It's powerful. So I'm, the dream is that this church continues to be passionate for the name of Jesus and that we adore him. And that even though it may look foolish to the world, it's the power of God at work in our hearts as we worship him. But the dream is not just that we would be, be passionate in our worship and love for Jesus as we gather, but that as we scatter throughout the week, that increasingly we're a deep people of prayer, contemplation, that we love the word of God and that we stop skimming along the surface of culture Christianity and all the bubblegum hype and fluff and all the rest of it, we go into deep places where we have rhythms and roots that are anchored into places that consistently nourish us even when the seasons go cray-cray, right? And so we're going to continue to champion that because the, the reality is that 20 years ago, you could stand in front of a church and presume that most people are reading their Bible and having some form of quiet time. And the reality is that my generation and younger, that's a whole new world, <laughs> So one of the most radical things that we can do is meet in community together. We're going to talk about that in a second and, and fight to have these disciplines in place in our lives and consistently choose to get back on the wagon when we fall off the wagon. That has to, we, we boldly approach the throne of grace when, we've, when the Bible's got a bit dusty and it's just like, don't let the enemy keep you off the wagon. Just go, screw you, devil, I'm back on the wagon. Well, it's actually relatively easy. You can choose today to get back on the wagon in your spiritual disciplines. And so I want us to, to champion this stuff in each other. And one of the, you would make all my dreams come true if in our Bay groups, part of the culture of our Bay groups is that we're asking those questions. How's your private world with Jesus going this week? What's going on? And you don't have to be afraid about having a, a rough week, month, or year, or decade, or whatever it may be. It's okay, because what we're going to do is encourage one another. Get those things in place. Resist the consumerism and the busyness and all the rubbish that distracts you, and make these the priorities of your life. So the dream here at Bay Vineyard is that we'll continue to champion that sort of lifestyle, lifestyle of depth. Uh, Mark Sayers, who's a guy that you've, uh, I posted the uh, podcast a little while ago um, about, um, uh, what was it called? Uh, this Cultural Moment. And uh, Sarah's going to run a group, hey, are you? Someone's going to run a group. Nah, so it was all a little controversial. Then I was like, oh, that's good. So let's get into the group and people can, uh, can discuss it. Anyway, whatever. Um, so next, like, so he's kind of, he posted this on his Instagram the other day. I was like, that's really helpful. He talks about these, these patterns of our life and we can either have a, a life system built to suit corporations. Think about it. Your busyness and our desire to have more money and all of that stress is mostly so that corporations can continue to churn out all the profits, right? Like we are so brainwashed through advertising and, and all this rubbish about how life should normally should be lived. And then we've got no margin. Our relationships are all shallow as, and it's like Twitter and Facebook are the way we connect and stuff. And it's like, and we just we're just monkey consumers. 
And so Jesus turns up and like smashes that system. And he's like, well, then we can have this tactical repurpose where it's like, I'm rather going to be the controlled kind of strategy. And this is all very kind of out there. But I like it because it's a bit of rage against the machine. And it's kind of like, right? So it's kind of got a bit of that. But then instead, I want to have a life system built to suit God's renewal in my life and in the world around me. So I want to live a countercultural way. I want to live the way of Jesus that that says no to consumerism. There's nothing wrong with having some toys. And I'm not trying to say we've all got to, you know, live, we're in sack and like, I've got to sell my home theater system and stuff. So like, no, of course not. Like, you can have, of course, it's to be enjoyed. It's his good pleasure, but I'm not controlled by it. It's not idols. I'm not like killing my soul to have another toy. And so like, this is where we want to rage against that in this church because there is a more beautiful way to live. And it's the way of Jesus. And so how you can only do that by abiding in him, remaining in him, by having roots that go deep into the nourishing soil of the word of God and the rivers of the streams of living water and all of that. But I would love us to say, screw you to those corporations and to society a little bit. So I'm going to slow down. I'm going to buy less. I'm going to give more. I'm going to do less. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to fight against stress and busyness and learn to rest in God's presence every day. And I'm going to be nourished in the Word of God and in His presence every day. Can we go back to the other slide? One of the things that's a little kind of um, icing on the cake, optional extra back, uh, sorry, next one, the up slide, Cass, is... um, the reason I've got a picture of Fat Freddy's drop on the, um, on the slide there is, A, they're awesome. B, uh, the thing that I, I also sense with us as a worshipping community is that there is a sound of Aotearoa, New Zealand, that we want to just see released. And um, this is not going to be um, a two-month journey. This is going to be years uh, of before it's, I think we start to really walk in it. But I'm utterly convinced that we are called to have a sound and a flavour musically that sounds like New Zealand. So we've got to get a bit more dub in there, a bit more reggae in there, and you know, Bob Marley had a bit of an influence back in the day, which is all good. And, and tragically, on one level, uh, New Zealand and its secular scene has found something of that sound, and the church is still singing stuff from the early vineyard days. God bless the vineyard. Well, we're the vineyard. So, uh, and it's like, no, well, there's, there's a sound. So we're gonna, well, it's going to take a while, but we're going to lean into that. And um, anyway, whatever. I'm excited about that um, uh, because it's going to be awesome. Um, but we need to pray into that. And we, again, I just sense this. The reason I wanted to say this whole sermon is that there's the stuff I've been sensing that God wants to do, but I haven't verbally kind of said it to the congregation. But we've kind of been hinting at it and doing little bits and bobs that kind of go, oh, yeah, come on, what's happening there? So I'm just trying to just be clear about where I think God's calling us. This is the dream. And so there will be a day. A glorious day where reverb bombs and some swirling delays and Lord give us a brass section and there will just be there will just be and 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 for some of you it won't be completely your style but it will be the sound of this region and I think many people will walk into our church and hear us singing and Te Reo Māori and uh, and with this sound and it's going to be like oh hey. Katie Pye, man, this is this is the sound of New Zealand. This isn't the sound of of you know some other country. This is our sound from our earth, our whenua, and it's starting to and it's manifesting itself here. And so it's all very nebulous, but I'm I'm excited by that. 
I had this moment, um, and I come to land with this point. I had this moment, I was in Christchurch on um, Thursday, Friday for the National Vineyard Conference. And um, it was down in Christchurch at the ex-girlfriend, as I called the previous church. And so we were down there, and, um, and it would be really cool next year for, I think, a, a bunch of us to, to go to our national conference. It's a primo. It's, I love our movement so much. But um, there's this moment in one of the sessions, and everyone's just worshipping. And, um, and like the venue there can hold maybe four or 500 people. And there's all these young people there, and, and they're all singing uh, this beautiful song, You Are Good, You Are Good. And... Um, worshipping the Lord, and um, I had this moment where, in fact, I took a video, but do you know, actually, you might as well play it, Cass, there's no sound because the thing's back there, but it's, but I just grabbed my camera because I felt the Lord speaking to me in this moment, and it was like, I felt like I'm saying, there'll be a day where you will look around, and we will be in a building somewhere here in the bay, and there will be hundreds of people from our region worshipping God, just giving Him glory, giving Him praise, declaring His goodness, and I just felt like there was this prophetic moment of just watching it, particularly a lot of young people and a lot of Maori there as well. And it was just like, oh, Lord. And I just, I just started crying because I was like, That's, it was this picture that we're going to see that people come home and just worship the Lord and just adore Him. And it's, and it's, it's going to be like I felt this, this sense of fullness of this venue as people, again, not for, I don't care about numbers, but I do care about people meeting Jesus. And it was like just a lot of people that had discovered the goodness and love of God. And I just was deeply, deeply moved. And I thought that's going to happen one day here in the Bay. Not that it's not great what's happening now, but there's so much more the Lord wants to do, more than we could even ask or imagine. The second uh, thing is, is uh, inward. The dream is that we would grow deeper in our love for one another. And there's two primary ways that I see this outworking itself here in Bay Vineyard. Um, uh, the first is, uh, is Bay Groups. Bay Groups are not some optional extra for our church. They are the heart of our church. That is where genuine deep community is going to happen. And it's one of the most countercultural choices that you can make to commit to be in relationship with others in this church and to meet throughout the week. To put down the phones, to not mooch in front of Netflix, but to be with other people who want to follow the way of Jesus. And to spend time playing board games and eating good kai and pia and sharing stories. Pia's beer, if anyone's wondering. Uh, it's just a new Maori word that I'm learning, which is my favorite one this week. Uh, kai and pia, yeah. Uh, sharing stories, laughing, crying, praying, holding each other accountable to our desire to live the Jesus way. Like this is the dream, is that we would be a relationally rich church, not because of like the vibe on Sunday, but because of the vibe midweek when people choose to gather together in each other's homes and to be with one another. And like, again, it's spiritual just together. You don't have to be studying Leviticus to be having a good, you know, a great group. I'm all over getting into the Bible, but I'm like, I think actually board games and food and good, you know, good wine and stuff is probably the best start for getting a group off the ground because, um, because it's awkward when you start getting to know each other. And like, we live in a really lonely culture. Most people are desperately lonely. And we are called to be a rich community because we are a community of love for God and for our neighbor, for one another. And the only way that we can outwork the way of Jesus is to commit to being with each other, not just on a Sunday. This is a crowd. It's a great crowd. I love this crowd. But it's, a com it's hopefully going to be a crowd made up of lots of communities. And so I would just desperately 
encourage you to, um, to choose to be part of a group today and to commit to journeying with one another and to choose to make it as good as possible, to make it as fun as possible. It's going to be a bit awkward at the start, uh, but then it's going to get awesome, I promise you. It will get awesome. Every group that you choose to commit to, once you've broken through that, you start hearing each other's stories. All of a sudden, you start carrying one another in your hearts, and there's just a great love that forms, and uh, it's really cool. One of the ways that we are going to foster this is through a church camp next year, and so we're going to be having a church camp um, and uh, the dates to be confirmed and the locations to be confirmed and there's a vibe around maybe you march sometime or whatever. We've got vibes around when this is all going to happen, but we want to put it on your radar. We're going to do a church camp next year and uh, from Friday night to Sunday lunchtime, we're going to uh, go and worship and chill and have fun. And church camps are epic. Like in terms of relationship and community, there's just nothing more awesome than a church camp. And so I'd love you to be thinking now, this will be a priority for me, not just because it's ever, but because it's going to move us forward relationally about a year or so, probably, to the amount of time we can spend together. You know, I'll push Chris into the bush, nah, ha, ha, and prank, you know, and prank that person over there, and, you know, and down trail, you know, I don't know, Andy probably, and it's like, you know, we're just going to have fun. Uh, together, but then we're going to worship together, and we're going to pray, and we're going to see what God wants to do, and and then you don't have to run off anywhere, but we can linger, and then we can have another meeting, and just go deeper into the things of God, and just see what He wants to do, and then we can go hopefully for a surf if it's near the water, and blah, 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 it's going to be so epic, and so I'd love you to have that on your radar, uh, because that's going to be awesome. The second way that we are going to focus on the community here is by taking seriously the call of God to journey towards a bicultural partnership between Māori and Pākehā. I'm utterly convinced that God's heart for this nation all along echoes what happened in Genesis 12 when God said to Abraham, you are to be a blessing to other nations. Now I'm talking about Māori to Pākehā here, not Pākehā to Māori. And in the early church when Jew and Greek could come together and have their cultural distinctives and yet be one under the Lord Jesus Christ. And so um, as I have studied just a little bit of the history of our country, and we are very, 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 very lucky and blessed to have Keith Newman, uh, who's part of our congregation, who has literally written the textbook uh, on missionary movement uh, here in New Zealand. Um, and, um, and we will be forcing you to buy his stuff when we do a series down the track, and you're going to be hearing from him. Um, but as I'll be kind of reading his work and, uh, and also uh, just kind of listening to Māori and hearing sto- their stories, um, I can see these little moments in our history where it's like, wow, this is the potential for something absolutely stunning is, is like right there, and then it's like, <laughs> it's just tragic what has gone on in our history. And we have to, as followers of Jesus, look at the injustice and betrayal and pain of our nation, not sweep it under the carpet, because we are called to be a people of healing and reconciliation. And like Pākehā, we've got to humble ourselves, man. Like, there's a lot of arrogance that's just, you don't even see, because it's just, you're so used to it, in terms of being the dominant culture in this country for so long. And... Um, we are the church. We follow Jesus. And it's as I've kind of got my head around this, I feel a bit embarrassed that I've been in ministry for 15 years and it's like, oh, finally, after 200 and something years of history in our nation, the ch- 
parts of the church in New Zealand are beginning to go, ooh, oh yeah, um, yeah we should probably sort this out, you know, and, and learn what God's plan was all along for two people to come together in partnership, mutually submitting and honouring and loving one another and learning from one another, worldview and, and, and language and all the rest of it, and then and being this example to the rest of the world that two, two cultures can come together and be in harmony under Jesus. That was always his desire. And we are, thankfully, we have a treaty as much as that's been, you know, pooped on a relatively large amount over history. But thankfully, we're still there and we're beginning to look like what it looks like to honor that. Um, so we've got some, some stuff there in the fabric of our nation. But man, like, what could it look like if we take this seriously? I'm frothing. I'm, I'm frothing. I, I think there's a revival in the air when we start to tap into some of this stuff. And so we are a community of hope, and we are the community as the church of reconciliation because we follow the one who gives us hope and reconciled himself to us. And so what this means is we're going to pursue a culture that honors our tangata whenua. And we're going to slowly build a culture where things like learning te reo Māori is championed and encouraged. It's weird in New Zealand that we only know one language. That's not normal. Many, well, certain Europe, most European nations, you know two or three languages. So it's not a big deal to learn another, at least give it a nudge, a little bit of another language. Certainly when you consider that these are the hosts of the nation. And uh, there is so much healing that God wants to do here, not just for Māori. Like, there is a lot of healing and there's a lot of repentance that's needed on our side of the, the table and we're going to be part of that. But I tell you what I've discovered as I've begun this journey myself is that there's healing for Pākehā because most Pākehā don't feel that connected to this land deep down. And the more that you begin to honour the hosts of this land and begin to experience and learn and, and take the humble posture of a student, which is not common for the Pākehā worldview, but begin to learn from another culture, another worldview, the more you begin to love this land and there's a healing in the heart of the wandering Pākehā that starts to occur where you start to go, this is my home as well. And we've got to remember that the treaty doesn't just give rights to Māori, it gives rights to Pākehā to even be here as much as it's been abused historically. And so uh, there is tangata whenua and tangata tiriti, people of the treaty. And so I'm proudly... I'm here with a legal right to be here, unlike many nations of the world that have, been, that have demolished their indigenous cultures. And just the Lord weeps at that. But I have something of a right to be here, and so I honour the treaty. And I want to do everything I can to champion the justice after, after hundreds of years of injustice. And can I remind us, Pākehā, that it's recent history. It's not even, it's, it's recent about how much, anyway, I'm on a rant now, but it's like, um, so I want to just come, come until the end on this one, but this is big. And look, if this is not for you, there's plenty of other churches in the city that aren't going to probably pursue this. And I'm cool with you leaving because it's a, 
it's a hell I'll die on. Like, now, I've talked about the creeds before. So the creeds are like the, the theological hills I'll die on, and you should too. It's like this is the non-negotiables. There are non-creedal hills, not many of them, that I will die on. And this is one of them. Because I'm convinced to my core that God wants to bring healing to our nation and that there is so much beauty for us to walk into as we take this journey. Is it awkward? Yes, it is at times. It is. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't follow the way of Jesus to honour what was always his plan in this nation. And not to tell, not to think, oh, let's just get over it. But no, let's look at it. Let's face it, let's learn, and let's humble ourselves and follow Jesus into these ways of reconciliation. So, can I ask my uh, Pākehā brothers and sisters, because we are so used to being the dominant culture and we are oblivious to the fact that that's our way of looking at the world a lot, that, uh, that we need to humble ourselves and take the posture of a student and take the posture uh, that honours the people that were here before we were. And uh, can I ask our Māori brothers and sisters who are part of our congregation, please be patient with us. Uh, bear with us as we muck up words and make mistakes. Forgive us for our arrogance. Uh, there's been a lot of offence historically in this nation, and those bruises are raw. And so please hear that our heart isn't to offend, it's to move forward. But in that desire to move forward, we may offend. And, uh, and, and the reason that this can happen in the church is because we follow Jesus. And love covers a multitude of sins. And so if you can love us as we seek to honour you and your culture and as we get enriched, as we take this journey ourselves, I believe a much healing will take place as we endeavour to live out a community in partnership together. Only Jesus can lead us into this fully. We are united under his lordship. We are in safe hands as he leads us to places of healing and reconciliation. There is no fear in love. And so we can be, it's okay. And we can have fun along the way, okay? So it's not, you know. So no, we can have a lot of fun. In fact, Māori, good, good at having a good giggle. So, you know, we'll probably learn a lot there. But the dream is that uh, this is a place filled with worship, both in English and in Māori. That uh, manakitanga, you know, hospitality and kindness and honouring of one another just be, gets weaved into the fabric of who we are. And the dream is that the sound uh, of this church makes heaven rejoice as we uh, have hopefully become a shining light. And this is what the church was always meant to be, a light to the rest of our nation that says this is what it looks like to be united in Jesus and honour one another, submit to one another, champion each other, celebrate what God does in our culture because God comes into any culture, celebrates it, uh, He heals it, He brings out the best of it, and so we can learn from one another. Lord, would that be the case here? Lord, would it be the case here that this church would shine with beauty and as a prophetic picture of what God's heart for this land always was and that it would be a place of just healing and wholeness for us all in Jesus' name. Lastly, out. The dream is that we would have a great compassion for the lost and the hurting in this region. Um, I would encourage us to be a people that uh, have, firstly have a heart for those that don't know Jesus. Um, I'm not an evangelist by nature. 
which is my big Achilles heel. Because, and a lot of you aren't, but some of you are. Like my wife is a crazy evangelist, man. Um, and so I'm big on going. You know what? Evangelism isn't the apex of the Christian faith. It's one of the beautiful gifts, but we're all called to be witnesses, every one of us. But you don't have to be somebody you're not. So if you're not like Bruce Radimer doing your street preaching, sweet as. Bruce got me up there, the mongrel, the other day and like made me say some stuff and I was, oh man. Anyway, it's because I picked on him in church the Sunday before and so he's, oh, hey Sam, good to see you. Why don't you come up and share the gospel in front of everyone? I'd, oh, anyway, still in therapy about that. Thanks, Bruce. Um, but ultimately, we're all going to, I just would encourage, let's get bold about the fact that Jesus is awesome. <laughs> and it's like true life is found in him. And so uh, I've got this picture of this guy, Bruxy Cavey, who's got, like, he's in a bit of an evangelist. And so he's like, how can I share the gospel? So he gets this tattoo, Leviticus 19.28, which is the scripture that says don't get tattoos. And so he gets that on him because he wants to start conversations with people saying that we aren't under the law anymore, we're under grace. And that God is a God of grace and mercy. And so uh, he's kind of got this like, so I'm like, I don't care what it takes, I don't care how you want to do it. Where's Francois? Let's show your t-shirt, Francois, to the congregation. Facebook, Jesus wants to be your friend. So there we go, there's a little evangelistic, um, little evangelistic tool there, that's all good. Where's Aaron? Oh, you've got your superhero church t-shirt on as well today, don't you? Yeah, there we go. So you can evangelize by the shirts that you wear. However it is, let's get bold about telling the world that Jesus is awesome and that when you come to him, it's life. And all of us is healing and life and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, what I've got for, um, yeah, it's interesting, Tearfund did this massive survey in the UK where they interviewed all these people on the street and they said, if someone invited you to church, would you come? And it was like, I think it was 80% said, yeah, I'd come probably. Like people are literally just waiting for like the right sort of invitation from the sort of friend or something. But a lot of people would like to come to church, it's just that no one's invited them to come along. So I'm like, well, let's just give it a nudge. On the info desk, I've got the gospel cheat sheet. Uh, so if you want to get just a little sharper about how to share the gospel, I've got this little cheat sheet up there that uh, gives a little overview. That, so if you're in a conversation and you're like, what do I say, what do I say, what do I say? You've got some stuff there that hopefully you've had a look at. Is that all good? Um, so, so I'm really keen that we continue to, to obviously have that heart to just reach out into the world. One of the little things that we're going to do is we're going to, at some point in maybe early next year, we might be able to pull this off for the end of the year, we'll see, um, is that we're going to turn the church around. <laughs> And we're going to have the stage along there, and we're going to do the seats around like this. Now, the reason is because if we grow any more, people are going to get further and further away, and it's sort of just a, you know, what I, I want it to feel like community in here, so it's a real easy win. Let's just turn us around so no one's that far away, and we can all just be a family together. Is that cool? But it also means that we've got some headroom, so if more people come along to church, we've got space for them. Because again, this is all boring, but the psychology is if people walk into a place where it feels full, they just feel like there's not a place for them. And we always want to make room for people. Now, some people are going to struggle with that because they think, oh, here's another ambitious pastor that wants to have a mega church in the bay. And it's like, let's just say it, okay? Fine. You can, it's like, whatever. Yep, I've got ego and ambition probably and all the rest of it. I'm a human, you know? Of course I would like to have a nice big church and feel great about myself. I will discover, if, you know, because I've been in a very big church historically, that it doesn't satisfy. Only Jesus does. Just in the same way when you're longing for that promotion and you get it, it doesn't satisfy because only Jesus does. Or that pay rise, and whatever it may be. Ecclesiastes, it's all meaningless, right? So it's like, whatever, that's my journey, okay? Whatever. But here's the thing. The main thing I want to make sure is that, you know, no one's ever heard a pastor be this honest before, have you? So there we go, let's just call it as it is. Um, 
The main thing is, though, I don't want us to be a consumeristic church. And a consumeristic church says, I want to go to a church that's good for my needs. And I like the size it is. And if it gets any bigger, I won't like it anymore. And that's consumerism. But it's consumerism from the fear that if we get bigger, we'll have less community. Isn't it? We think, oh, I don't want to be part of some corporate thing that's big and impersonal. Here's the reality. Small churches can be weird and toxic. And big churches can be impersonal and corporate. There's no perfect model. What does matter is that we get convinced that it's not the paid people that are church, hallelujah. Uh, It's we are the church. And so we are going to create a culture of manakitanga, of community, of rich love, only if you commit to devote yourself to fellowship. And so we can scale this thing up if we're passionate about things like bay groups, where if people walk in to uh, the, the church, that we greet them and love them and care for them. And we are appointing at the moment people that are going to be pastoral leaders over sections of our church who are going to care for sections. And, and so we can scale this thing up because I don't want to go to sleep at night saying, yeah, I've got a big church, but it's just, it's all a crowd. I just, I, I'm, I promise you, I nearly stopped doing ministry because I felt like that in a church at one point. So I want this to be real and rich and com- filled with beautiful community. And so, but I want us to reach this region. And I can't help but think what we've going on here is pretty special. And that God, that a lot of people in the Bay would probably find this a good home. It may surprise them that church can be like this and blah, blah, blah. And so, we may grow, and Lord, let it be. Not my will, but your will be done. And help us, Lord, to stay true to what you always desired in the church, and that was rich, real community. The second thing, oh, Lord, give me grace. This is the main thing. Okay, here's the last thing, and oh, Lord, help me. Okay. Um, so, uh, okay, 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 yeah, yeah. Where's Charlotte? Oh, no, Charlotte's there. It's all right. Charlotte's in there. She's watching me as well. Oh, she's in this building. Okay. When me and Jen, James, Jen, (laughs) that'll be a big announcement. Um, When me and Jen uh, (laughs) came to, (laughs) (laughs) when me and Jen came to visit Napier, um, we were trying to discern, like, you know, God, are you calling us here? And so we just drove around the bay, around Napier, because we've never, never been here before, and, and we drove through uh, Marae Nui. And, um, and as we kind of, like, were driving around there, it just was this thing of, like, oh, man, God, uh, you want to do something beautiful here. We did, I just felt this, whoa, like, deep stirring. This is a place that God loves. And... And so I, we're in this process of discernment, and I want to put this on your radar now, but we're just kind of, and I want you to, to, to pray about this, but I think, I think God wants Bay Vineyard to be a place that just loves and blesses Marae Nui, like just like big time. I really, I'm just like, what could we do that would, and, and then like Bruce, uh, so this is kind of all going on, then Bruce Radimer kind of saddles up. I love, oh, I'll never forget his testimony. Freaking out about walking into church, he saddles up and uh, walks in and um, start to get to know him and his heart and his, his whanau here today, which is awesome. They just they love 
They love that, that, that's their community and they love it. And so like, you know, um, just hearing his stories and his perspective and just sitting with that, I was just like, and I've lost sleep on a few nights. I think, I really do think this is God, but I don't want to rush anything. But I just, I'm like, man, what if a group of people just were like, we, for the next at least 10 years, maybe more, are going to just bless that place. Lord, lead us on how that could work and what that could look like. And what if we all together just were like, we're going to, you know, he can do more than you could even ask or imagine. Like, I want to see mothers in that community so loved and supported that generational patterns get broken. Like, that's possible in a generation. But it needs, the danger in the church is that we can just, like, see um, blind Bartimaeus crying out, son of David, have mercy on me, and we just walk past him like the disciples did. And there is a whole community, not just Maranui, all over the place. But I think God's saying, there's a, there's a cry from that suburb, have mercy on us. And as the church, we cannot turn a blind eye to what I think God wants to do in that beautiful suburb, in that beautiful place. And it's going to cost us. It'll be, it's a long-term thing. And we've got, we're, we're just dreaming and scheming. But I want to put it on your radar because I want you to drive through the place and go for a walk and to do something before the end of the year that puts yourself in that suburb just prayerfully going, Lord, what's your heart? What do you want to do? And then when he starts speaking to us that we're prepared to pay the cost, dollars, time, patience, all of that, we pour, imagine if this church just blessed and served and loved and cared for and, and, and got the towel out and washed feet metaphorically and just lifted and just loved that, that place to bits. I'm just I'm very stirred by this. I, I did not come up here and we, we did not sacrifice all that we've sacrificed to move up to the bay for a nice Sunday service. I love this, it's great, but I've... I want to see the kingdom of God break into this region. Like, I want to see it. I want to see people get healed. I want to see hope where there hasn't been hope. I want to see God do what only God can do, especially in difficult places that a lot of people can write off. It's exactly the sort of place that God does his most amazing work if people are willing, right? So, so sense yes and amen, but let's just, it's a big commitment. But here, the church has to have a missional expression where we care for the least of these. And uh, there is individual expression of that. All of us, I'm going to preach on this stuff down the track. All of us are called to go to the, at your work to the person that no one else talks to as a follower of Jesus. That's where Jesus people go. Like we care for the least. We care for the broken, the, the outcasts of society. Jesus, that's what we follow the way of Jesus and embrace and care. All of us are called to that. But there's a corporate expression for the body of Christ where we're together are going to do something as the body. There needs to be a focus. And I think that's where God's calling us. So to that end, on the 3rd of December, uh, Marae Nui have a festival. Bruce, no, no, oh, is it moved? What? Oh, you go, okay, November the 20th. All right, whatever, doesn't matter. We're going to make it work. So on November the 20th, Yumi Peace Festival is happening, which is a three-day event in Marae Nui, community festival. It's awesome. Friday, Kapahaka, um, Saturday bands, 
And then on Sunday morning, churches can have their services on the stage. So we're going to have our church service on that weekend at the Yumi Peace Festival. And this will be a good challenge for some of our musos and stuff. We're going to do our best reggae songs we possibly can. Um, we are going to, we're going to... We're going to just do everything we can to, um, to not be lame. <laughs> be a big challenge, but we'll, uh, I think we're up for it. Um, and we'll share testimony, and we're going to do church there. And um, it's going to be primo. It's going to be just an epic, epic thing. And I love just a good engagement with that, knowing that it isn't just about turning up and leaving, but that God may be calling us to live incarnationally and to be just a, a light and a presence in that place. And so uh, that would be awesome. I come into land with this. Oh, man, I'm so sorry, Charlotte. The danger in all the stuff I'm saying is that we can be a church that gets frothed up on what's the next big vision that the pastor's going to say. Because the ultimate dream is not a building or any of that stuff. The ultimate dream is that we'll be faithful to Jesus and be consistent with him, and there's nothing sexy about that. Right? We can get really caught up in like, all oh, the pastors got these big visions. You know what? That, that, again, can turn into consumerism, where I've got this pressure on me to be like, here's the next big exciting thing we're going to do. No. <laughs> that turns into consumerism as well, where I've got to have some buzz, and I'm on a high about what my church is doing. Like, no. <laughs> Faithful love, service, following the way of Jesus, that's the big dream. And when I stand before him one day, go to the next slide, please, Cass. When I stand before him one day, he wants to say this, well done, good and faithful servant. Not well done, super successful pastor. He doesn't care. He cares for this region, and so he wants to use us. But what he wants from us is faithfulness. It's just to plod along with Jesus. So all of that stuff's been great that I said, and I hope it's been helpful to get some clarity about what I think God's doing here. Ultimately, faithful service to Jesus. The way of Jesus is faithful. It's sometimes mundane, but a growing consistency in the way of Jesus is our desire until we see him face to face and he brings the work to completion. So we've got to contend for the habits, contend to read the Bible, contend to be close to him day by day, and he'll bring us to maturity. The ultimate is that we'd read our Bibles and pray regularly. That's the big dream. And that more and more our lives get transformed to look like his, a life of love, selfless, caring for others. And there'll be times where it's like, yay, this feels amazing. And there'll be Sundays that feel flat. There'll be times where it's like, wow, we're reaching out to Mud Inui or wherever, and it's, this feels amazing. Other times, like, are we even making a difference here? There'll be times where it's like, I'm a super Christian, I feel terrible. It doesn't matter. We're going to choose to keep on following the way of Jesus in season and out of season, whether we're frothed up or whether it's to walk by faith, not by sight. We're going to continue to follow the way of Jesus. That's the biggest dream. So that we'll be faithful until we see him face to face. And he says to us, well done, good. Increasingly you lived a life that was holy. Well done, faithful. Even when you wanted to give up, you chose the way of Jesus. Even when temptation came, you chose to follow the way of Jesus. Even when you made mistakes, you chose to follow the way of Jesus. And well done, servant. You didn't live for yourself. You lived to bless others. You lived to serve others. You lived ultimately to be a conduit of my love into this fallen world. And the job will only, there'll be a sense of, of like we're not quite there yet on the bicultural thing, on the poverty thing, on all that. 
until he brings the work to glorious completion one day and the glory of God covers the earth like the waters cover the sea, that's when we feel like we've come home and the job is done. Until then, there'll always be a sense of we're not quite there yet and we have to normalize that. But we're going to press on because the kingdom has come and is coming in Jesus as we follow his way. Let's stand together and pray. Whew. Man, that went on a bit, sorry. And real quick prayer as well. Lord Jesus, sorry, Charlotte. Uh, grace and mercy, compassion. Told off this week. And, uh, but Lord, teach us to live righteous lives, ultimately, Lord, that, that are increasingly holy. And forgive us for our consumerism, Lord. Help us to be servants to those around us. And Lord, help us to stay faithful in prayer, faithful in the word, faithful in our walk with you through all the ups and downs until the glorious day that we see you face to face and you bring the work to completion and we enter into your rest. We ask this in your beautiful and powerful name, Jesus. Amen.